eyes peeled, everyone. Welcome to Full 10 Yards Fantasy Football Podcast. of the fantasy football podcast here at the full 10 yards that's just ironic as soon as we start recording we've got a a car alarm in the background that is how hot this podcast is going to be in the huddle today we've got rob and james rob how are you doing i was really well until uh, this a really loud alarm kept going off in my head um then i realized it was your car alarm no uh, no really good thank you um it's uh yeah, it's just around the corner, isn't it? We listened to a podcast today. I think it's a fantasy footballers, and they said it's like twenty-one days or twenty-two days until the season kicks off potentially. And I'm like, yep, that's just over three weeks away. Yeah, it's all getting very real now. I was watching Good Morning Football today, and just we're seeing padded training camp, which is the the sign that we are getting some real NFL action very, very soon. Although we've not got the preseason games, we've been on about. Week three of preseason now, if uh, if we'd have had got preseason, but unfortunately none of that. But we've still got real football just around the corner. And James, how are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Yeah, speaking of around the corner, my next door neighbour's car alarm was going off, so uh, <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> no, so, but obviously I'm on the podcast, so I now have an alibi. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you have been silent for the first few uh, yeah. first few moments of the podcast, James. So, um, I think that does make you the number one. You don't suspect. think I'd have put it on mute? <laughs> you don't think I'd have put it on mute? Uh, <laughs> or maybe you're double bluffing, and your now now your alibi is that you were on the podcast. So <laughs> yeah, we'll have to we'll have to edit some some bits of you into the into the early podcast, James, just to. Uh, just to really get your alibi going. <laughs> so here we are. It's it's a Tuesday. We're not able to do our usual Friday recording for this, that, or the other reason. Uh, training camp is in full swing, and already, unfortunately, we've got some injuries. Most notably, Jalen Hurd has torn his ACL and is out for the season. Of course, we've got Gerald McCoy with what sounds horrendous ruptured quad, although he is on the defensive side of the ball, so that won't affect fantasy too much. But some wide receivers that we could be looking at, AJ Green and DeAndre Hopkins, both have tweaked their hamstrings this week. Particularly AJ Green, Rob, what do you reckon to these, these injuries? Is there too much to look into or is it just one of those nickels that has been uh, blown out of proportion? Uh, well, for AJ Green, uh, did, is anyone surprised? No, no one's surprised. Uh, um, you, you all know, my, if you've listened to me for the last year or so, you know my thoughts on AJ Green. Um, I, think he's passed it I think these injuries are going to be too common and I think I, I genuinely think he's, he's had it I think he probably plays three or four weeks maybe this year and that's it he'll can it and that that might be the end of AJ Green honestly um D Hop, I genuinely didn't know until you mentioned um which is worrying because I've just drafted him in my uh, home league so thanks for that I'm now going to have to uh see if I've got a plan B but um no I think uh, you know we'll, we'll see um uh yeah some big ones though like you said um that was not. Oh, can you imagine that tearing your your tendons off your quad muscle? Can you imagine that? That must be. It sounds bad, but I did say last night to my mate who um, did something very similar, but with his calf, I think. 
Um, and he said, it's not as painful as it sounds because, you know, he strapped it up and was okay, but he obviously needs surgery and whatnot. Um, but I just think that sounds horrendous. I, does, I can't yeah. imagine it. Like, you just use your legs for ev- obviously everything. Um, you know, and just the movement of it would just be, oh, it makes me shiver. Yeah, of course, Jeremy McCoy will be 33 by the time he's scheduled to recover from that injury. So you just wonder how effective he is going to be if and yeah. when he can come back from that. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, I do apologise for uh, breaking that news <laughs> to you right here, right now. Right. They, the Cardinals have come out and said um, that they don't imagine it being uh, too much of an issue. But again, it's just one of those to look at because it's one of those where if a player comes back from the injury too quickly or they try and do too much too quickly, then it can be one of those that just lingers into the season for mm. a lot longer than we'd imagine. But hopefully the Cardinals, the capital that they've paid for him, will um, will shut him down pretty quickly. And AJ Green, I'm completely in agreement with you, Rob. Um, I was starting to buy into the hype train. I was just starting to get there. And I just thought the fact that they kept him out when he was supposedly healthy towards the end of last season I was just starting to buy into it. But again, it's just one of those now where it, it, we just can't trust him. He, like you said, I think it's three, four weeks and um, that's that's all we get out of AJ Green this yeah. year. What about yourself, James? Are you in disagreement or do you think AJ Green is uh, shelved now? No, I've been in agreement most of the way through as well with AJ Green. It's why I've been picking up Tyler Boyd in quite a few places because I think uh, that's going to become a hype train that's going to start rolling, especially now. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't see many much in the way of legs left in AJ Green. To be honest, I think it, once once you've started getting those few injuries, it, they just keep seemingly recurring at his point in his career. Yeah, and I, I don't want to have any spoilers for our, our show later. But Tyler Boyd is one of those people that is still being slept on the the stats that he put up last year, and considering the the fact that. the Bengals are going to have to throw again this year. I know that uh, they're going to probably slightly improve from their, from the record last year, but they're still going to be playing from behind a lot. They've got the nice new shiny toy in Joe Burrow. They're going to want to show him off, so they're going to throw a lot. And, and Tyler Boyd is going to be the number one recipient for those targets. So I, I think that it, this is how much fantasy football can change in just a week. Because in my Buscar article last week, I had Tyler Boyd in there just because... AJ Green's back, T. Higgins been drafted, John Ross is back, uh, you know, all these things were happening. And I suddenly thought Tyler Boyd isn't going to go for a thousand yards yeah. again this year. So I put him in my bus article. Now, John Ross is at home because his wife and, and child have got COVID. Um, so he's missing from the team. T. Higgins went down today with a hamstring injury. And AJ Green's gone down with a hamstring injury. So all of a sudden, the Bengal is going to Bengal. And, um, you know, yeah, you're right. Tyler, Tyler Boyd is now in a fantastic spot where it looks like he's, he is the most reliable target. He's there. You know, he, he's not missed half as much time or any time than what the others have. Is a reliable target right now in fantasy football. So, so if you're reading my bus article, ignore Tyler Boyd <laughs> if these guys are going to continue to, to stay off the team because he will be good again if he's the only one out there. Look, and this is a prime reason why you should be having particularly your redraft drafts as close to the season as possible. Uh, I know my home league, we don't draft typically until the Sunday before the, the Thursday night kickoff. We've moved it forward a week this year to do it over the bank holiday weekend, but... Again, people have, have drafted in some redraft leagues weeks, even months ago, because you've got that dark period of the NFL season where nothing's going on and it's just too tempting to draft to, to keep the, the interest going. But with all these particular training camp injuries on the go, it's, it's 
it's dangerous. And yeah. uh, you, you could already have made, you could already have players on IR that won't play in the season that you've already paid a lot of draft capital for. And finally, we've got Nick Chubb, who has uh, suffered a concussion in training camp. Of course, a concussion, Touchwood, is one of those injuries that he can bounce back from, but it is also one that, that can make him susceptible to more injuries, and it can very easily and quickly cut his career short, let alone this season. So, James, are you worried too much about the Nick Chubb concussion, or is it just one of those one-off ones where he can um, hopefully bounce back? Well, I don't think he's necessarily got a history of them so far in the league, so it's when people start racking up sort of three, four, five, six, or Jordan Reed levels, as they're yeah. called. Um, but, um, yeah, obviously, Kareem Hunt owners are going to be, you know, rubbing their hands at the news, but I don't see Nick Chubb being one of those where it's going to be serious. Um, it's just one to keep an eye on, or, you know, if you've got him in Dynasty or anything, just keep a bit of an eye on it. If he gets the second one this season, then you can start, you know, thinking about the panic button, but... To be honest, at this point in time, it's if there's a time for it to happen, it's now. You know, like you said, DeAndre Hopkins, like I said, I've just learned about that, so I don't know the ins and outs of it, but it's, that would be typical that, you know, he, he, he'll he be back next week in, yeah. in, and there'll be no nothing else said about it. Um, you know, because you get that this time of year. And and it's, it's, it's also weird because, you know, these players are coming off a, a longer stretch. They're, they haven't done... The OTAs, they haven't, you know, their their bodies are probably, you know, for want of a better word, they're they're, they're probably a bit sort of seized up. Um, so things are like hamstrings being nicked and and you know muscles just sort of pulling up a little bit is probably you know just just a direct result of that. So I'm not too unless that it's a you know a serious one for now. These hamstrings nicked and and you know obviously the concussion's a bit different, but. Um, I'm not really worried about them. We'll talk about them again if they're the same over a couple of days before week one starts. Yeah, but definitely just keep an eye. And like I say, if there's any recurrence in anything, then that's the time to start to, to make your contingency plans. So as we've already alluded to, this episode is all about sleepers and busts. We are very quickly getting towards the season. So um, drafts will be coming to a close very shortly. But this is now the time to look at players who not to sleep on and players who also to be wary of who are going at a higher price than what they should be. So Rob, kick it off. Who is your prime sleeper candidate for the 2020 fantasy football season? I am dipping in to the almighty team that just was so good last year of Miami Dolphins. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I am... I obviously they've improved a lot over the uh, off season, especially defensively. Uh, but they've added some pieces on offense as well. Obviously the running backs uh, and the quarterback, uh, obviously to a Tanga Vailoa, is uh, is is going to be gracing our screens sooner rather than later, I think, for Miami. Uh, but the player I want to talk about is uh, is none other than Big Mike Mike Kosicki. Um He obviously the tight end there, Miami. I, I just love what he did at the end of last season. Um, you know, he had only one game um, where he didn't either go under. Uh, 50 yard, uh, under 45 yards or score a touchdown. So, you know, he's, he's been really productive for fantasy the second
second half of the season. He also had a couple of bigger games at the beginning of the season. Um, he was very dry on touchdowns until week 11. That's when they started scoring and he managed to get uh, six, I think, one, two, three, four, five, five touchdowns. He managed to get uh, between week 11 and week 16. So uh, the the back half of last season, he really came out and, and, and showed that He's taken that step from being, you know, the 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 rookie or second year tight end that we've come to to to, to hate in fantasy because they don't seem to be very productive unless the name's Evan Ingram in their rookie year. Uh, but now, obviously, heading into his, his third year, and there's not a lot of mouths to feed in Miami. We've we've just seen the two that have gone on onto the COVID list. Um, the backup wide receivers there are. are very small fry uh, and Preston Williams is struggling and might not make week one with his own injury. I think he had ACL last year. So there's very limited passing options in uh, Miami as well. Just thinking off the off top of my head here, Jordan Howard as well being the running back. We expect to be the, the running back one, not really a pass catcher. So again, there, there's going to be plenty of work for Mike Gesicki in that offense, especially if Ryan Fitzmagic is is the quarterback because of the rapport we saw with him last year. And I just think he's a really, really, really good late round draft pick in your fantasy teams. I've just drafted him in my home league. I've got him in two or three dynasty leagues. Uh, I'm all over Mike Gesicki this year. Yeah, and similar to, to Evan Engram, he's that kind of hybrid wide receiver tight end that we're starting to see yeah. now. He's he's hardly classed as a tight end. So it's one of those where we can almost be getting slot production out of somebody who's officially listed as a tight end. And particularly in a tight end premium league, he's going to be such a great um, number two option there to, to be able to play in your flex. Because like you say, he's, he's going to receive the work because there's, there's nobody else to throw to. And Miami, like Cincinnati, they've made improvements from last year. I'm sure they're not going to finish um, in the top five pick next year. But they're still going to be playing from behind. They've still got a competitive division with the Patriots and the, the Bills in there. So there are going to be games where they're going to have to pass the ball. And somebody's got, somebody's got to catch it. Somebody's got to be out there. Um, Devontae Parker, he's, he's going to get a lot, of, a lot of targets this year. But he can only get so many a game. With, with more targets comes more coverage. So Mike Kosicki, prime candidate to pick those up. And he should be in the conversation with those players. It's kind of a, the, the tiering with tight ends. You've got your, your top-level tight ends, you know, guaranteed the work. But he should be certainly in the conversation for that next level of tight ends where it could easily finish in the, in the top 10 if, if, we're, if, we, if he has a great season. Uh, James, thoughts on Max Gesicki? I, I'm t- I mean, again, I'm totally in agreement. There's, there's a few tight ends who are, you know, quite low down on the radar who could very much, yep. you know, sneak into the conversation. I mean, Dallas Goddard's one I've flown the flag for for a while because I think that the Eagles wide receiver course, so, you know, de- he's still depleted and he's going to get carries, um, catches. But, um, yeah, Gesicki is a prime candidate to, you know, become one of those sort of next year high drafted tight end shall we say I mean I know we always talk about Evan Engram being the one breakout um, in his first year but a lot of that was sort of opportunity there wasn't a lot else for um, Eli to throw to that year um, if I remember correctly Um, because it was another one of those injury hit seasons for them but um, yeah Gizicki I completely agree is very much value at the moment I think you, you, the way I look at it, the tight end landscape this year, and you know, it's been the same story for the last couple of years. If you're not drafting one of those top guys, I would say top three. So, um, 
uh, mind blank. Um, Chelsea Kettle Andrews. Thank you. I, I would go Ertz personally, other than okay. Andrews. Um, but yeah, those three. Um, if if I'm not getting those three, then I am not bothering to get a tight end until the very last rounds because. Just looking through Fantasy Football Calculator, in the mid-rounds, the 6th through sort of 10, you've got Hunter Henry, Evan Ingram, Tyler Higby, Austin Hooper, Jared Cook. Those are the five guys going in the middle of the round. I have got zero interest in any of those. Any of those. I, I know there's hype about Tyler Higby. I ain't buying it. I know Austin Hooper's got a certain amount of hype because of what he did last year. New team, a lot of mouths to feed in Brown in the, at the Browns. Not into it. Uh, Jared Cook, regression, regression, regression for Darren Cook, uh, Jared Cook this year. Evan Engram, his one concussion away from missing the season. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of question marks over those guys. And then you look at the the sort of the ten onwards, uh, and you've got or sort of nine <laughs> mid mid ninth round onwards. You've got Hayden Hurst, Mike Gesicki. Rob Gronkowski, we ignore that one. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, Dallas Goddard in the 12th, uh, Jack Doyle 13th. These players, these are the ones that are going to win leagues because they're drafted so late. You can stack up on your wide receivers and your running backs in those mid-rounds. Don't worry about your tight end. Grab one of these guys. For me, Mike Gesicki is the guy just because I think he's got a fantastic building platform from last year. Uh, and and I, I love where he's going. Like I said, he, this is a 0.5 PPR and he's going... 9-11 um, standard leagues he's going 12th round so um, so yeah all over it so much value excellent stuff and James how about yourself who is your prime sleeper candidate for the 2020 fantasy football season now I've kind of usually with these you end up going with younger players but I'm actually picking someone who's more of an elder statesman but who keeps sliding and I think he slid to a point where the value is there and I keep picking him up and it's Golden Tate at the Giants. Um, so the Giants obviously have have that too many mouths to feed problem potentially when you consider they've got Slayton, Tate, Engram, and Shepard, but and Saquon obviously as well. But I think the way that Danny Jones is progressing, the way that that offense, I think, is improving. And the way that they're going to have to still throw the ball a lot, because I don't think they've made enough improvement on defense. I think that all of them are going to have some relevance. And Tate at the moment is going at the back end of the twelfth round, and he's probably is the last of those to go. And I've sort of said for a while that whoever out of that you know receiving set at the Giants goes last is probably going to be a fantastic value. The thing with Tate that. I'm quite drawn to as well. It's actually sort of his longevity. We've talked at the beginning of the show about injuries. Um, there's not very many seasons where Golden Tate doesn't play 15 games. Last season, he didn't play, he didn't play 15 because he had a suspension due to um, some prescribed fertility medication that was <laughs> yeah. found out to be illegal. So he didn't miss, he missed time last season, but that wasn't through injury. Um, so I can see him having a decent year. And at 12.08, the value just seems to be there. I'd rather have him at 12.08 than, you know, I'm trying to think who's going first of them at the moment. Let me have a little bit of a scroll. I'm assuming, Shepherds, surely. <laughs> now, you see, I've been seeing Slayton going yeah, first I've, some I've boards. Got, I've got Slayton slightly ahead. At 9.10. Is, and you find, to be fair, Engram's not actually far off him either. So, yeah, 
Evan Engram actually goes earlier at 704, and I would rather have Tate as in my wide receiver slot than Engram in my tight end slot. Yeah. And I'd rather wait until the 14th round and have got it. So, yeah. two best of both worlds, really. Yeah, and like we've, we've already mentioned Engram, um, Shepard there, concussions. It's just a ticking time bomb with both of those two as to whether they, they will last the season. They are teetering on a knife edge. And Danny Jones, New York, again, it's one of those teams that's going to have to throw the ball this year. They've got Saquon, who is, in my opinion, he's going to only just be behind Christian McCaffrey this year. He will be the one to, to really close that gap. But they will still have to throw the football. And Golden Tate is Mr. Reliable. He's he's not a flashy fantasy football pick. But that's not what you always need to, to win your league. You need somebody to flash in. You need somebody that's that's not flashy to, to go with it, who's going to, to grind out those points and to be that reliable person you can count on week after week to, to pump up your score to, to win those matchups. So, yeah, complete agreement with you there. Golden State, I think he's not going to be in for a big season, but the value that you're getting him in in the, in the rounds that you mentioned, James, is, is fantastic value there. And I'm completely on board with that one. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> so finally, keeping on the wide receiver theme, I'm going to cheat a little bit here. And I'm going to go for the Rams wide receivers, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, because I can't really split them um, in my rankings. They are currently both eight and nine in my rankings. Uh, Cooper Cup particularly finished wide receiver four in PPR and standard last year, which I don't think many people realize. LA just love to throw the football. And although Jared Goff is a pretty terrible quarterback, and I say that as a 49ers fan, he is a mm. fantasy, he's a fantasy goldmine. And Brandon Cooks now has left the scene, which leaves um, around the 70 targets mark vacated. Van Jefferson, I think it's a season too early for him. I think that he's going to struggle to get a piece of the pie as a lot of rookie wide receivers are this year. So Cooper Cup and Robert Woods are going to see a lot of this football. Robert Woods, he had a very low amount of touchdowns last year, so I think we're going to see progression there. And like I mentioned in my rankings, we have got just Cooper Cup edging Robert Woods at the moment, but that is easily interchangeable. I've got them both around the 1,200-yard the mark, uh, with Cooper Cup getting 10 touchdowns, Robert Woods uh, even five is a low amount, but it's, it's more than he had last year. And then... Um, 93 and 96 receptions each between them. So I like that a lot. It's it's a lot higher than they're, that they're currently being drafted. And I think at least one of them is, is going to break that top 10, if, if not both. Is that is that a bold prediction, Rob? Um, I, was just, I was going to ask you, you said, you said you were cheating. Are you cheating them because, it's, because you have two or is you cheating because neither of them are sleepers? Wow, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just not, not I'm just I'm just calling you out. I think we've got to the stage of our relationship now where we can start calling each other out on this. I mean yeah. I, 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 I love Cooper Cup. I've got Cooper Cup as my wide receiver four in PPR this year. Um and he's going in the third round. So if you if you think that's a sleeper then then fair enough. Uh well, I'm, I'd like, I wouldn't like to draft in your league because uh, Fantasy Football Calculator, I'm getting him uh, at 4.05. Well, I'm on Fantasy Football Calculator on half-point PPR and he's going th- early third round. Ah, okay. if you get a half-point or full-point. Nah, I'm, I'm on full-point, so that, not, that oh, knocks him back around. quite a bit. So, uh, 
But I'm just saying, I'm just saying. I, I like the call. I love both of them guys. They're, they're both going to be productive. Cooper Cup in particular, like I said, wide receiver four for me in, in PPR. So I completely agree with you. Uh, I don't agree that they're sleepers, that's all. <laughs> well, let me try and save his skin a little bit and throw, throw the little thought grenade of Josh Reynolds in there. Because he's had... You know, he's had reasonable times in the offense in the last few seasons. As you say, I don't think Van Jefferson's going to be ready. With Cooks out of town, I still think there is, in an offense that is going to have to pass the ball a lot, there is definitely room to support a wide receiver three. And Reynolds is pretty clearly going to be the guy. Um, a lot of people are, you know, it's one of those where if you're not on the Higby train, or the Everett train, or generically the tight end train, you have to really back Reynolds, um, which I know some people find difficult, but I'm, I'm literally saying if you've decided to completely give up on the idea of drafting a defence or a kicker in, the, in leagues where they have them, and you're saying, do you know what, I'm just going to pick some more you know, dart throws and I'll just pick my defence up on day one. You could do a lot worse than Reynolds at the moment because you say that all the signs and all the all the reasonings behind those two being big are there. It's just that you don't have to pay anywhere near that price tag, and then uh, it could be classed as a sleeper. Uh, where where's he currently being drafted, Josh Reynolds? Because I've currently got him at wide receiver seventy-eight. Uh, is he even on fantasy football calculator? This is what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> that would be classed as a deep sleeper. Deep sleeper. But like you say, he's definitely going to be the wide receiver three there. I don't think there's, there's any question about that. And I was saying that I was cheating by, by selecting two as my top. Um, and I think they're, they're mild sleepers. Uh, we'll, we'll call them mild sleepers, <laughs> eh? Rob, does that, does that appease you anymore? No. No. <laughs> I think value, yes. Sleeper. Mm. Well, yeah. What is the definition of a sleeper? Somebody that's been slept on. Slept on. I, 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 well, I can see your logic because in if you do an ESPN mock draft, you can pick him up in the sixth, seventh round, Cooper Cup. So I can, I can see where the logic was, and I, like I said, I do agree with you. For for me, I, I don't know. Sleeper, I. I me personally, I always go like tenth, eleventh, twelfth round personally, but that's my opinion. So a sleeper is someone that's not getting drafted where you think they should be, isn't it? Really? Yeah. Cooper Cup and uh, Robert. There you go. There you go. There okay. You go. So I'll let moving, you off. I'll let you off. Moving swiftly on, uh, Rob. Let's have some honourable mentions from you, please, as to who could have been considered as your top option. Uh, well, if we're going to go on your train, David, uh, Michael Thomas, uh, Devontae <laughs> Adams. <laughs> I don't think you can have wide receiver one overall in draft can be a sleeper, can they? <laughs> uh, no, no. I, I think there's some really good value later on um, in the draft, and particularly this year, and I know it's because of what's what we've had this off season, but the rookies are going super, super late. And I I'm loving the fact that I'm picking up Jerry Judy late in drafts, like the 12th, 13th round. I'm not quite sure where his ADP is. I haven't looked it up, but I, that's why I know, I know where I'm getting him and that's there. So yeah, 10.06, but I've seen him go a lot later. Yeah, exactly. He does go a lot later. Um, but Jerry Judy for me, was he, I, I know he's at Alabama. I know he had Tua Tungvala thrown to him, but 
he's special. He's a special talent. And, you know, I think he's the best wide receiver to come out of college since OBJ. I really do. Um, you know, I've loved watching him at college. So, so for me, he's a fantastic pickup. Um, and even, you know, we talked about the tight ends. Johnny Smith is another one. I don't know whether I mentioned him in that list that I rattled off because Johnny Smith is one that has got a fantastic opportunity in Tennessee. There's currently no second receiving option other than Adam Humphreys. Uh, so Johnny Smith has got to have a role because Corey Davis is is out for the time being. We, he might be back for week one. If he is, then there's another sleeper for you, Corey Davis. He's a guy that I've been picking up on in the last round of all of my drafts because he's a dart throw. Uh, same with Johnny, Johnny Smith. Another rookie wide receiver, Brandon Ayuk. He's another one that's has got a fantastic opportunity with Debo out. Jalen Hurd has just gone out. We've, we talked about him at the beginning of the show. That's another mouth to feed that's gone uh, you know he didn't do anything last year he was a rookie uh, and he, he was an unproductive rookie but nonetheless this is Jalen Hurd I'm talking about he's, he's gone he's out of the way so there's Kendrick Bourne uh, there's Dante Pettis is he still even there uh, I know that the head coach hates him uh, in body but maybe not in spirit <laughs> exactly so so Brandon Ike again as a rookie we're not quite sure what this offseason has brought for him we're not sure where he is where he's ready to come into an NFL team but nonetheless he's gonna be there and he's gonna be fed targets so um, you know there's, there's, there's so many I can mention right now I'm gonna leave a few of them for my articles I'm not gonna mention them all um, but I'm just gonna leave this this particular segment on on of course a running back that could well be in the first round next year. And that is, of course, Naheem Hines. Let's not go anywhere <laughs> without mentioning Naheem. My boy, PPR Leagues, pick him up. This year's Eckler. And I don't think it would be a podcast without mentioning hashtag always Jarwin. Of Stop course. Sleeping. Stop sleeping on Blake. Uh, Overpay is... for him in, in auction, league, auction leagues. <laughs> Just do it. Overpay. <laughs> and James, what about yourself? Who were your honourable mentions for the sleeper candidates? Yeah, I think there's no no sort of secret that I think all three of us are quite high in Ayuk. Um, I agree with all the young wide receivers. I think, you know, Justin Jefferson, Jalen Rago are also pretty solid shouts at the moment. Um, yeah, it's it's very it's very much, you know, it's what I said before. It's why with Game of Golden Tate feels a little bit being contrarian because all the other people that I sort of think are sleepers are all the youngsters. Um, whether when we get closer to you know draft time, because I think a lot of people, a lot of ADP calculators and so on, there's all you've got to consider that some leagues are drafting later and later just because of the COVID risk and just you know there's no preseason game, so you're not necessarily feeling that the season's on top of you. So suddenly we're going to get a flood of you know drafts, and I think you could see quite some very interesting fluctuations coming up in the next couple of weeks. Certainly, but um, and I wouldn't be surprised if the rookies start climbing a little bit just as hype starts coming out from training camp. But at the moment, it's sort of hard to look beyond them for serious value and sleeper talent. Well, that leads me very nicely into my first bus candidate, and you're probably going to argue with me here that this isn't a uh, a bus <laughs> candidate. <laughs> But it is currently the running back five, according to ADP. He's being drafted ahead of Ezekiel Elliott, Derek Henry, Joe Mixon, and that is Clyde Edwards-Heller, the rookie running back in Kansas City. Stop it. Stop rocking at Kareem Hunt with rose-tinted glasses and just picturing that 40-point game he had in his first ever game against the New England Patriots 
where he fumbled the football with his first ever carry. Stop it. He will get touches. He will get fantasy points. But he is not the running back five. We've never seen this guy play. He's, what, five foot eight. He's, he's 180 pounds, I want to say. He's not a big guy. So he's, he's not going to get a lot of goal, work, goal line work. And the, the Chiefs are going to want to show off Mahomes again as much as possible. They just love that guy. And he will pass, pass, pass. Go back and look at last year at Damian Williams' stats, who was supposedly the bell cow. He didn't get anywhere near bell cow work, and I'm sure that Clyde Edwards-Alaire, despite the fact he was a first-round pick this year, I don't think he's going to get first-round uh, first running back bell cow work. So stop it. Stop drafting him there because he is going to disappoint. The fact that he's going ahead of Ezekiel Elliott is wild. Okay, I felt like I felt good to get that off my chest. Uh, Rob, uh, I think I think I've appeased you a bit more there. He's not going to be a bust in that he's going to score no fantasy points, but he's he's certainly not a top five, is he? I'm so glad. I'm so glad someone else is down on Clyde Edwards-Alaire because the hype is just off the charts. Yeah, it's crazy. It's just crazy. Think about it, people. I know he's in Kansas City. A little interesting stat nugget for you. Kansas City actually haven't had any really good running backs other than Kareem Hunt and Jamal Charles. Uh, so, you know, the in-between the in years, they haven't been that good. Um, I did a lot of research for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire when I wrote him in my Bust article, which dropped 45 minutes before um, <laughs> Dam- Damien Williams went on the COVID list. So I then took him out of the list just because opportunities there. I think he will get a lot of work but here's what we know or don't know about Clyde Edwards-Alaire he was on an LSU team last year that were just absolutely phenomenal Joe Burrow Clyde Edwards-Alaire Justin Jefferson Thaddeus Moss Jamar Chase they were unbelievable the O-line was unbelievable I know the O-line is pretty good in Kansas City they've just won a Super Bowl I get that but it's a different setup. He was in a team last year where everything went right for them. He was in a team last year where it was easy for him. It's not going to be that for the in the NFL. And like I said, I, I can see the arguments for him, but to draft him where he's being drafted is nuts. It's crazy. He wasn't even the best running back in college last year. Wasn't even the second best running back in college last year. He wasn't even the third best running back in college last year. So why are people drafting him in the first round of fantasy drafts this year? He's not as good as a lot of people behind him. And like I said, I, I, I understand he's at Kansas City. He should be productive. He's not that good of a running back. There is a, you know, Damien Williams, you just said it, was there last year. Undrafted, yeah. Not, he, he wasn't great. Because guess what? He's not a good running back. <laughs> you know, I, I, I might be, and you as well, Dave, we, we might well be eating our own words at this time next year. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Lair might well be fantastic. I am not drafted him at all. No, and you've got the argument of, well, who else is going to carry the ball in, in Kansas City this year? Because uh, LaShawn McCoy, uh, surprisingly, only carried the ball 10 less times than Damian Williams last year. Um, they, did, they both didn't play the full 16. But Damian Williams was only on pace to, to carry the ball 160 times. He, he got 500 rushing yards, five rushing touchdowns. That's, that's not a lot. And 
I, d- I don't think that Clyde edwards Hilaire is going to come in and carry the ball 250, 300 times. I know that he's not going to do that. So, so why, are we, why are we drafting him as if he is? It's, it's ludicrous. James, go on, tell us we're wrong. I can't. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, the three of us are in complete unison. That I think he's gone off the charts. I'll be honest. When and I've not said much about this because I've been trying to avoid the potential egg on face moment, but I feel reasonably comfortable he's got so high now that I'm a bit safe in saying it. When he was drafted this year at the end of the first round, I felt that they drafted him to sort of be a number two pass catcher to work alongside Damian Williams so that they had a bit of a running back by committee. Yep. And I don't think that committee changes. And I don't necessarily see him being the guy who's going to be getting a lot of the carries. I still think he's going to see a lot of passing work. And as a PPR back, he'll be good, but he's not RB5 good. And I still think we're going to see people you know, slotting in throughout the year. But it could be one of those teams where they're leading and they keep passing because that's just what they're good at and what, Mahomes, what they've paid Mahomes to do. I mean, Patrick Mahomes might use his feet even more this year, potentially, as well. So, you can't rule that out of the question. So, I, I can, I, I'm not saying necessarily that he's a bad player, but RB5 is just so high that, yeah, I think bust is pretty much likely. Yes. Do you know, <laughs> let's, let's have a round table here. Um, Let's have a guess at how many thousand-yard rushing seasons Kansas City has had since 2013. Is this team or an individual runner? Sorry, individual. How many, how many individuals have Kansas City Chiefs had run a thousand yards in the last, what, seven years? Uh, two. Yeah, yeah. I was, was going to say two as well, yeah. It's, t- it's two. Jamal Charles in 2014. Um, and Kareem Hunt in 2017. Other than that, there's been hardly anyone over 700 yards. You know, I think Kareem Hunt did it in his second year, maybe 800 something yards off the top of my head. I've just looked at it, uh, so I've got off the top of my head. But Spencer Ware didn't do it. Uh, uh, Ch- Kendrick West didn't do it. That They've only had two 1,000-yard rushes in seven years. Like, where is this whole narrative of... Andy Reid is a running back whisperer. I can't see it. I can't see it because Jamal Charles was out of this world. He was a different gear of running back. He was different quality. Um, Kareem Hunt, you know, he, again, different quality, different gear. Is Clyde Edwards-Alaire that quality, that elite? I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, go read my article that I wrote a couple of months ago now about generational running backs and see the, the stats from Clyde Lebrizelec coming out of college. It's not even close to the other guys, J.K. Dobbins, DeAndre Swift and Jonathan Taylor, the other rookies in this class. It's not even close. Yeah, and they're, they're all hovering around the, the running back 20 mark, your four, five, six rounds. And even there, I, I'm not going to go out and call them busts, but I'd still be tempering expectations for some of those running backs because yeah, definitely. they're going into situations where there is already a guy there. Jonathan Taylor being drafted at 403 is the running back 22. Marlon Mack's mm. going to get carries this year. And, and Jonathan Taylor, yeah. he is he's a fantastic running back. He's going to be behind the best line. And, and Marlon Mack is probably not going to be there after this year. So Jonathan Taylor as a, as a dynasty prospect is, is brilliant. But, but this year, there's, there's no telling when he's going to get given the keys to, to the backfield. 
And the same with J.K. Dobbins. We've, we've got Mark Ingram there. Uh, we've got Lamar Jackson, who's, who's going to rush the ball. But we, we don't know when J.K. Dobbins is, is going to get given the full workload. And Cam Akers, as for Cam Akers, Sean McVay has, has come out and said he wants to deploy a four-man running back by committee. So I'm, I'm really, really sceptical to be drafting Cam Akers. Uh, DeAndre Swift, I think he is going to be the guy that, that starts with the most carries in week one. But as you've just mentioned with Kansas City, Detroit can famously not have 1,000-yard rushes. Um, the, the curse of, of Barry Sanders, as, as, as it's known. And Carrion Johnson is still there. And he, he's, he seems to be one of those guys that he keeps on slipping up on his chances. He, but he, he still will get touches this year. He will, still will get carries. And we've got a temper our expectations with DeAndre Swift. So... For me, rookie running backs in general in that range are not necessarily busts at that range, but guys you just need to, to keep an eye on and be careful with. But yeah, Clyde edwards hilaire is certainly a huge bust on where he's being drafted. Yep. Glad to get off that. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll be glad to get this one out of your mouth. <laughs> I'm glad to get this one off my chest and out of my mouth. And Rob, who is your top bust candidate for 2020? Uh, I'm going to dip my uh, my little fishing rod back into the running back well. Um, and I'm going to pull out a Kenyan Drake-sized fish because I don't think Kenyan Drake is is worth uh, drafting this year. I think he could be a complete bust. Um, if you look at um, Kenyan Drake's career before his eight games of really good production last year for Arizona and it was far worse than mediocrity um even so if you, if you take the the four years that he's been in the league three and a half with Miami half with um with Arizona and you put all that together and you get his average yards from scrimmage per game that comes out at 53 Let's have a look at players around that, shall we? Uh, Duke Johnson, 53.5. Matt Brader, 57.2. Tevin Coleman, 58.2. These guys have got bigger, better scrimmage yards uh, per game over their careers than Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake is currently being drafted in the late second, early third round. And I get it. It's a new situation and he did really well last year at Arizona. Yeah, he needed to, because <laughs> if he didn't, he wasn't going to ever get a contract to get in the NFL other than a backup contract. So it was a prove-it year. It was a prove-it half year for Kenyon Drake. Um, and yeah, he did well. I'll give him that. He did do well. Um, he's now going into that team where the O-line is, okay, it's, it's no worse than last year for sure. Um, I get that. Um, but there's a lot of mouths to feed in the passing game. Uh, they're an air raid offense. You know, they've got DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk, Larry Fitzgerald. Those guys are going to take priority in the passing game. I just don't see it. I just do not see where Kenyon Drake is a is a value at the price that he's being drafted at. If I was to draft Kenyon Drake, it would be in the seventh round. What about you, boys? What do you think? Uh, no, I'm not that low on him. Um, I'm certainly not high. I don't think he's a top 10, but he's, he's currently my running back 17, which, which what are we looking at? Third round, maybe. So I'm not as low as you. Um, I see 900 rushing yards, nine touchdowns, and then 56 receptions for 337 receiving yards and, and two receiving touchdowns. So it's, it's, he's not setting the world alight. It's, it's nothing spectacular. Uh, but he's still my running back 17, which would probably warrant a, a third-round price tag on him for me. 
Yeah, see, see, he's he's my running back eighty. So we're not miles apart, to be honest. But I, per- what I'm saying is, I would not draft him. I would draft, I would draft DeAndre Swift over him for the upside. That's, that's how low I am on Kenyon Drake. Okay. I, I just, I just don't think he does it again. I just think he's poor. I, I, I think ah, oh, I don't know. I, I don't. I've never liked the Arizona Cardinals running game, and. The one year David Johnson had a good, one and a half year David Johnson had a good year was a bit of an anomaly. Other than that, okay, Chris Johnson was all right years back. I don't know. Recently, I've not liked the running back game in Arizona. I think last year was a bit of a one-off. He is a top twenty running back in my rankings, but I don't want to touch him. I think he's a bus candidate. That's what that's what I'm saying. I'll, I'll translate my mess that I made about five minutes ago of describing this. <laughs> <laughs> And James, you've you took him in the mock draft that we completed as a trio a few weeks ago. So, so what are your thoughts on Kenyon Drake? It's hard. I'm finding him harder to place because even with Rob's arguments and everything else, I rate him, but I still don't rate him at his ADP currently. I think is the best way to put it. He's not an early second rounder, as fantasy football calculator seems to put him. He's not, you know. 201 as it puts I'd certainly third round 100% I'd be I'd be happy taking him and it's funny because Swift's one of those that I'm iffy on in in a way that Rob's iffy on um Drake but um I can sort of see that Arizona have sort of had last season almost as the free view this is the you know here's here's you know bit of a you, you can have a look see what you got and see where you go from there They've decided that, yes, they like it and they're going to try and fit him in a bit more. Now that he's had a little bit more time to actually learn the playbook as opposed to just learn it on the fly. And he's not the worst pass catcher and I can see him trying to utilise him that way a bit more. And again, they've not got a lot else, shall we say. They've certainly got, you know, Chase Edmonds is a good backup, but he's not going to be your, you know, he's not going to be getting his job essentially, shall we say. So the rookie, the rookie's good. Like, the rookie's good. You know, Benjamin is, is is quality. If you haven't watched his tape, go watch his tape. That's another reason why why I'm against yeah. Kenya Drake. But yeah, sorry, James, for butting in there. No, don't worry. No, you know, Benjamin's the sort of the reason why Drake is not a good option in Dynasty. Mm-hmm. I think I totally agree with that. But as we're talking redraft at the moment, I can I sort of I don't think Drake's you know worth drafting ahead of the likes of Chubb, Eckler, and Aaron Jones. I certainly wouldn't say that, but. I'd certainly still put him ahead of, you know, I'd talk about him in the same area as the James Connors and Lev Bells where you've maybe got sort of injury risk baked in. I mean, I'm trying to just quickly look up Kenyon Drake's sort of injury history. and But then again, in Miami, he was almost that sort of absent, not by, uh, yeah. not by injury, just by the team being poor and not needing to run the ball because they were passing it all the time. I mean, I don't think he was ever really given a fair crack of the whip there and sort of coming to Arizona has released him. So in many ways, I sort of, when he moved, I almost saw him being in sort of rookie, still as a rookie in some ways yeah. because yeah. I'd never seen him properly, you know, given a chance. Well, the, the thing, it seemed he, to work well. He's never been injured, but he only started... Uh, one one game in his rookie year, six games in his second year, and seven games in his third year. Um, so that's, that's that's why he wasn't he wasn't involved, was he? It either meant he was too good for a team that was tanking, or he was too bad for a team that was tanking. <laughs> <laughs> 
exactly exactly uh, one last point i'm going to make on kenyon drake if i may um i like giving you these little spot quizzes and you've done very well at them over the last uh, couple of episodes um can you name for me or can can you tell me uh, in the last five years since 2015 uh, all those running backs that uh, arizona have had how many of them do you think have gone over 3.7 yards per carry on a season i Actually, hesitate to guess at one. Yeah, <laughs> David Johnson on his in his big year. You've done it again. You've nailed my quizzes. I've got to have to make them harder. One, <laughs> David Johnson um, in his in his great year. Other than that, they've not had a single rusher over three and three point seven yards per carry. Any serious rusher? Um, I must admit, I, there's probably a couple of wide receivers who have probably rushed for thirteen yards a clip, but the, the running backs particularly, uh, not one. Yeah, and that, sorry, that, sorry, what one, David Johnson? That offensive line situation has, has not improved heading into 2020, and they are going to want to pass the ball. Cliff Kingsbury <laughs> loves his air raid offense, and with Nuke Hopkins there, I can't wait to see that. So, um, yeah, Kenny Drake. The more you talk about it, Rob, the more, the more, the further I get down. You talk about that passionately. So here's here's a question for you: Kenny Drake has fallen to the seventh round. And this may be a bit of a trick because I know you love this guy, but at an ADP <laughs> of 708, the running back 34, would you rather draft Jordan Howard or Kenyon Drake? Uh, <laughs> I think you, you yeah, I think I, 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 you've got to go to Kenyon Drake there. Uh, I think I was being a bit too generous with my, with, with my slating of him. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think I'd go Kenyon Drake, definitely. Really? Because. Jordan Howard, he's he's could be considered a sleeper candidate for me because he I've is, only yeah. got him. I've only got him two spots behind Kenyon Drake in my rankings. Wow, he's yeah, running about nineteen for me. I think um, people are sleeping. I wish I'd mentioned him earlier and and not been uh, not been taking the mick out of the rounds wide receivers. Jordan Howard, although I think he's got the fantastic opportunity, he's at, he's he's running back thirty four for me in. Uh, 0.5 so I'm way down low yeah you should have mentioned him he was a much better option should we restart this show restart it from (laughs) the beginning you can have Jordan Howard and we can forget you know we we talk about (laughs) you can even still say you're cheating and have two and put Matt Breeder in there (laughs) (laughs) oh no Matt Breeder's way down yeah he's yeah like 30s late 30s but but swinging off what you just said though if if I was on the clock with Kenya Drake was there and Melvin Gordon, DeAndre Swift, David Montgomery, I'd take them over him. Uh, James Connor, I'd probably take over him. Um, I don't think I would Devin Singletary because I'm quite down. I'm quite low on Devin Singletary. Uh, Chris Carson, I'd probably take ahead of him. And then that's where it starts to fall off. J.K. Dobbins, Kareem Hunt, Jonathan Taylor, uh, Ronald Jones, they're in my rankings behind him. So, yeah, I, I, I would say there's a lot of better options than I would go for Kenyon Drake. But if I was to translate that, I think David Montgomery is going in the sixth round. So that's where I'd be comfortable drafting Kenyon Drake. There you go. Oh, I hate David Montgomery. You've, you've just said about the Arizona. <laughs> you've just said about the Arizona yards per carry, and then you've just named somebody who got three point seven himself. Yeah, but he was a rookie. He was a rookie. He'll be fine this year. His opportunity, fine. David Mopportunity, as the fantasy footballers call him. Not buying it at all. <laughs> James, your prime bus candidate for the twenty twenty fantasy football season. 
Well, it seems to be that running back busts are a bit of a theme, but then again, I think it's a bit of a victim of circumstance because of the position scarcity and people trying to get their bell cow that all the running backs go early, so there are going to be more running back busts than there are wide receiver busts. So I'm staying in the running back category, and I am going with Melvin Gordon in in Denver, essentially. Um, I used to butcher that somehow. He's going at 3.09 at the moment, and... While I'm not going to say that uh, Philip Lindsay is going to be the starter, let's get one thing clear. Melvin Gordon is still going to be the starter. But I don't think Philip Lindsay goes away that quickly. I think some people still think that Melvin Gordon is going to be the bell cow like he was in LA. And I still think a lot of people sort of almost concede the similarities between Gordon and Lindsay to Gordon and Eckler. But I think Lindsay... Has Russia, yeah. It's a very different setup because at the end of the day, Lindsay is the one who has better knowledge of the offense. And having read a few articles today, he has a better understanding of the conditions. Denver is, as we know, quite high and has the altitude as an extra thing. And it sounds a bit like Melvin Gordon's been struggling with the altitude. And, you know, to be fair, he struggled with his knees in the past, he struggled on the injury front. He struggled with character at times with his contract negotiations. And the knee isn't the only thing that's got injured, but he has had microsurgery on that, which is something that is primed to re-aggravate at some point, I believe, um, from talking to a few people. So he has a bit of an injury risk on top of him. He's not settled into his new place quite as he would have liked. And he has a young, I say young, sort of a reasonably fresh whippersnapper behind him who is going to be out there with a chip on his shoulder because he feels like he should have been given yeah. the reins full time. So, Roy Freeman is still there. And even though many people don't see him as a factor, it is still three usable heads, at least. So, that kind of blunts Gordon's value as well. Um, and it's all, there's just so many, like, you know, red flags for me at the moment that I can't, I can never pull the trigger in the first four rounds. I mean, I even, I even, and this is hard to believe, is that I even put Singletary ahead of him at the moment. However much there are question marks over him as well at the moment. But I just cannot get behind him. Yeah, me too. I've, I've got uh, Singletary ahead of, of Gordon because he's that far down. And as a theme with the pod, he's another one of those guys that has a three-point-something yards per carry last year. Melvin Gordon had 3.8 yards per carry. And you, you mentioned the, the Eckler comparison to Lindsay, but Lindsay, Lindsay is a much better rusher than the Neckler was. So yeah. he, what has Lindsay had uh, back-to-back thousand-yard rushing seasons since he's been in the league as an undrafted free agent? That's That guy's got talent. He, he was slept on uh, in the draft massively. And they're going to want to pass the ball as well a little bit in, in Denver. They've, they've got all of these, these options out wide. So the running opportunities are going to be scarce. They're, they're want, going to want to see what they can get out of Drew Locke. So all of those factors, I'm in complete agreement with you there, James. Rob, any objections? Uh, not really. I, I've, I, I would draft Melvin Gordon roughly around his ADP, slightly lower. So I, I'm kind of... I'm on the fence, but yeah, I could, I could, I can see him being a bust this year. Um, absolutely, uh, like you say, a running back of his kind of caliber, which is borderline 
really good. Um, going into a brand new situation in in Denver, where, like you said, they're they're all they're all really high because they legalize weed. I mean, because they're so high um, altitude wise. Um, yeah, it's uh, it, it's a situation which is a difficult one to 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 go forward. I can certainly see him being uh, being um, a a bust. Wonderful. And speaking of busts, it is time for Play Your ADP Right. So, James, it is time. <laughs> I knew you'd come to me first if you were talking about busts. It is time to see if you can claw back at your 23-7 deficits. So, are you ready to play your ADP? Yeah. Okay, let's spin the wheel. And first up today, we have got somebody we talked about on the show already. It is Jonu Smith. Are you going earlier or later than Jonu Smith, who I should probably tell you is, is ADP before I ask you. Uh... I was going to say, because <laughs> considering we've been moving people up and down the draft board like, <laughs> like mad, it'd be quite nice to know what we're using. <laughs> He's going at 13-12 currently. So are you going earlier or later? Let's go earlier. You're going for earlier. We'll spin the wheel. It is Latavius Murray. He's got to be earlier, surely? Yeah, 8-11, slap bang in the Ooh. middle. Are you going earlier or later than Latavius Murray at 8-11? I'm going to go earlier. He's gone for early again. He's doubled up. And let's, and hope, it it's, is, let's it, hope it's not a Rob Grimwood Kenyon Drake. <laughs> <laughs> it's Robert Woods at 4-0-7. So you, e. uh, Finally, one of those coin flips I got right. <laughs> who people um, are sleeping on at 4-0-7. So... <laughs> <laughs> It's amazing that for a sleeper, I'm going to be saying later, but there we go. Let's go later. So you're going later than a sleeper, and it is Marlon Mack. So we're on a bit of a roll. He's been drafted at 7.04, but that does leave Oh, you... now we're banging in the middle again. Yeah, now you're banging in the middle again. Are you going earlier or later than Marlon Mack at 7.04? Oh, right, earlier. And that is all we've got time for today. It is C.D. <laughs> Lamb, the rookie Aww. in uh, Dallas, who's been drafted at 9.04. But you've managed four, which... T- PB! Yeah, well, that ties your, <laughs> ties your PB from a uh, fortnight ago when we had Chris and Tim on the show. But you're still 23-11 behind with Rob to play. So, Rob, are you yes. ready to play your ADP right? What, what's, what's the difference? Sorry, I missed that. It's 23.11. Okay. What's the difference? 23.11. <laughs> Sorry. Well, the, dif- the difference would be 12. Well, um, 23.11 would be the score, but um, it's counting. Sorry, yeah, yeah, the difference is 12. <laughs> yeah, you, you've, you've got me on a technicality there, James. So, CD Lab. See anything I will get in this one. <laughs> so, let's just be clear. What's the difference? 12. <laughs> yes, you, you right. can't... Plus, you... What, plus whatever this is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go. Okay, I'll, I'll, a quick one. I'll let James back in today. Come on. CD Lamb at 9.04. Are you going earlier or later? I'm going to say earlier and it's going to be late. I'm going to let James right back in this competition. So, no. earlier. It's they say Rob with Ken when you drink. <laughs> no, it's your boy. It's Jonathan Taylor at the 4.03 position. Eighty. Are you uh, going late, later, please? You're going later than Jonathan Taylor at 4.03. It is, bloody hell, Jamal Williams. 
Wow. He's being drafted. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. That, this sounds good for me. Um, Fifteen oh one. I mean, I'm struggling to. Have I spelled it wrong? Is that why it's not coming? Up? <laughs> have I spelled it wrong? Is that why I can't find it? That's brilliant. Um, Unless quick, quickly, which Williams is above there? No, he's, he's not on there. So why is he in my? He's yeah, he's off the charts. Oh. <laughs> he's... Hang on. Can we have an independent adjudicator for this <laughs> list here? I'm starting to feel like I've been slightly hard. Uh, no, so Jamal Williams is in the wheel. Well, of if you if you Google Jamal Williams ADP, it comes up thirteen ten, but I'm not quite sure if that's from this year. Yeah, uh, I think I'm not sure why he's in the wheel of names. So. Um, We'll, we'll give that to you anyway, Rob, because um, he was indeed later than Jonathan Taylor. And you, you've, you've got a free pass on the next one as well. Are you going earlier or later than Jamal Williams? We'll, we'll go earlier, please. That's a gamble. Will it pay off? And it's the Miami Dolphins defense. Unlucky. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. The 2019 edition, I hasten to This year's might not be too bad. Yeah, this year's is better than Joel Williams. It's <laughs> someone we've already talked about on the show, and I'm so sorry, James. It's Clyde Edwards Hilaire. <laughs> oh, he's. he's ooh. At the 105 position. Oh no, David froze at the most critical point of this podcast. Is he still recording our voices? That's the question. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, still the here. The face is pulling on the Zoom is amazing. Here he I, is, he's back. <laughs> I can still hear you. Did you, did you hear that it was Clyde Edward Hilaire? No. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I'm so sorry. It is Because quite... he was a bust, can we call that a bust? <laughs> sort of in, in sort of the Price is Right territory. Look, he's, he's, he's not Jamal Williams' bust, I'm afraid. He's, I'm not, I'm not going to put him that far down the, the pecking order. But... Um, Rob, I'm sure I know which way you're going. Are you going earlier or later than 105? Uh, later, please. Let's spin the wheel. And it's fallen nice again. It is Reichwell Armstead at 14.04. You're on a, you're on a bit of a roll tonight. Uh, what's this for, seven? Uh, this is for... No, this is, this is for, for number six now. So six, are you going seven. earlier or later than Reichwell Armstead at 14.04? Earlier. earlier, please. Again, I'm surprised people are drafting Reichwell Armstead. I think Leonard yeah. Fournette is the clear oh. bell cow and Chris Thompson is... Um, yeah, Rockwell Armstead is probably the backup for the running for the running down. So right. Yeah, I think I think I think people it's, these are the people who think Fournette is going to get injured early in the season and he's going to be out all year, and they're just pinning their flag on Armstead being the you know runner or just the Jags ownership saying, do you know what Fournette? If you're not going to stay with us and you're not going to try. We'll bin you, and we'll just bring in the yeah. the younger guy. Yeah, so I, I can I, I can say, there's two ways that he can become the starter in Jacksonville, but a starter on a team that is going to be bad at running back is not a way to go. No, so yeah, you're in a team that is going to be probably first overall pick next year. Um, sorry, did you say earlier or later? I'm sure you said earlier. I did say earlier, yeah. Why wouldn't you have? And it is Alan Robinson at 312. All right. Good, good, good. Are you going earlier or later than Alan Robinson at 312? We'll stick with the fans and we'll say later. Okay. You've played it very conventional so far. Mm. And this is where we might see some hiccups. It is Michael Gallup at 707. So slap bang in the middle. It is a 50-50 chance. Are you going earlier or later? Later, please. Okay, he's gone for later. We'll spin the wheel. Where is it going to land? Join us after the break. <laughs> no, <I'm really> kidding. <laughs> 
Any hype train fans listening right now, Ooh. just go make yourself a cup of tea. Antonio Gibson, when did I? Ooh, he's got to be earlier. When did I paste my ADP in? 8.03. Oh, yeah. Gets through by the skin of his teeth at 8.03. Are you going earlier or later than Antonio Gibson? What, is, this, is it the 10th now? I, I can't, I've lost count of how many I've got. No, right. this, this, just, it's just so many. I just, <laughs> I just lose count. <laughs> no, this is for, for number nine. This is for number nine. We'll go higher, please. Earlier, earlier, sorry. Earlier. And that is where we do indeed, boss. Ah! It, it is Kai Forbath. Who's he? Uh, uh, it's who's kicker he, again. I always use the kicker. <laughs> who's he even kicking for this year? No idea. <laughs> no idea. Couldn't tell you. Kickers but, don't matter. Don't listen to their podcast. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm, only joking, I'm only joking, guys. I love you. I love you. Wow. Man. Yeah, I was going to say, that's... Uh, He's currently he is currently a free agent, so challenge flag. <laughs> oh, on this list, <laughs> re-roll. Uh, I don't know why you threw the challenge flag. <laughs> yeah, thanks, James. <laughs> <laughs> to be to be honest, I just want this over with. <laughs> oh dear. Well, I, it's... to be to be honest, to be honest, I've been I've been sort of away for the last couple of minutes, so you know. I'd made myself a cup of tea, got myself a biscuit, and, you know, came back. So I didn't know where we were in the game. I mean, I thought it was on 100 by now. Uh, so. No, we're, we're, we're midway through trade of the day. And, um... Oh, right. <laughs> well, put it, put it this way, James. If you come back from this, this is going to make the Atlanta Super Bowl look like nothing. Battle, we've been pl- oh, we'll have been playing it until next year's draft numbers are out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and spoiler alert, yes, we are headed into everybody's favourite segment of the show. It is time for... Trade of the Day. And James, we'll start with you first because you're going to have the easier one of the two because Rob keeps on complaining that his are too easy. So... James, it is a 12-team dynasty PPR league. And on one side of the ball, we have got Robert Woods and Hayden Hurst. Sleeper. Robert Woods. <laughs> well, uh, Hayden Hurst, a bit of a sleeper as well. Definitely. And on the other side, we have got Michael Pittman Jr., Antonio Gibson and David Njoku. Which side have you got and why? Woods and Hurst, simple. Um, I know... I know you... I I just think rookie bias can sometimes count for too much in Dynasty. Um, however much Pitts, Pittman and Gibson are going to become good. And Joku, I am almost not factoring in this at the moment because he sort of said he's staying in Cleveland, which with Austin Hooper around and on a team where tight ends haven't prospered, that feels like a bit of a nothing unless it's tight end premium. But even then, and Joku isn't even a premium for me. Gibson could get the role, but yeah, now that Geis has disappeared, you can understand why they've made that trade. Yeah, but um, unless you are absolutely crying for young running backs, um, Woods is just such a high value, and Hurst has got such potential breakout in that offense that it's just you can win now, and both of them will still give you a good two or three years production. By the time they finish producing, someone might have given up on either or of those two and you've got another young talent to bring along so yeah I'm easily going for the slightly more veteran group here and 81.6% of Twitter agrees yes Robert Woods I'm going to start asking Twitter to do my higher lower (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> we'll get a live live poll on the go with uh, probably one or two votes trying to decide whether you go higher or lower. Sorry, earlier or later, earlier or later. We've uh, got the producers <laughs> to, uh, to to please with that little caveat. And Rob, we move over to you. You might want to get a pen and paper for this one because it is a PPR Dynasty Superflex League. PPR Dynasty Superflex, okay. And on one side of the ball, we have got Drew Locke, Tyler Lockett, and a 2022 and a 2023 first-round pick. So, sorry, two first-round picks, one in 22, one in 23. Mm-hmm. And on the other side of the ball, we have got Ryan Tannehill, Adam Thielen, Hollywood Brown, Ronald Jones, and a 2021 second-round pick. Um, okay, so uh, Drew Locke has got um, a, probably a... Drew Locke, this is Dynasty, you said, right? Yeah. Superflex. So I like Drew Locke this year. I'm very high on Drew Locke. I didn't realise I was so high on him until I looked at my rankings last night. And Tim actually, I was having a discussion with Tim about my rankings. I've got Drew Locke like QB12. Um, so he, so to, just to break that down, Drew Locke over Tannehill, in my opinion. Um, Tyler Lockett over Marquise Brown for me. Um, I'd rather have a 22 first than Adam Thielen, I think. Uh, maybe not. Hmm, that's that's tight. I think I'd probably actually want Thielen. Um, and obviously a 23rd, uh, 20, 23 first over a 21 second. So um, all in all, I would rather go for Drew Lock, Tyler Lockett and the two firsts, please. Thoughts on that one, James? <laughs> I didn't write it down. Um, <laughs> no. uh, it, it was one of those where I was all, all prepared to say it's the first side lock it in. But actually, oh, the, 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 the longer that you went on with the right with the other side, I was there thinking. <laughs> it, I think I think in Dynasty you probably got to look at the sort of ages and the sort of beyond this season and perhaps next season. What are you going to have in two years' time that's going to be still earning you? You know, who's going to still be starting on your roster essentially? And mm. that side, it's a bit. You know, there's so many question marks that. The other side just seems a lot safer. So, yeah, I think I'm in agreement. Although Twitter is not. 53.6% of Twitter would go for the Tannehill-Thielen side. So I did think that, that would be a closer one than it was. Yeah, and I think on Twitter sometimes it is just easy to see what you're getting more of. You've got more players, more stock on that side, so it is easier to tap that side without looking into it too much. So that concludes this special edition Tuesday podcast. Uh, I've been trying to, well, I've had uh, the crew pre-season friendly against Nantwich, a big, uh, big local Ooh. derby trying to get live. Champions League, that is. Yeah, so uh, that's probably why you've, you've lost me a couple of times on the old internet connections. But um, I'll tell you, that is the worst stream I've ever watched in my entire life. We had uh, two commentators. We had the sun was sat. Just at perfect eye line, so it was coming straight into the stadium, so we couldn't even see one goal. Yeah, and I think I think we were two one down at at one point, so um, I, I, t- I turned it off to uh, for the for the for the purpose of the podcast. Rob, where can we find you on Twitter? Um, well, just to, just just to say, to say, I think you really need to get Rodney Jack back. 
he played, he played for Nantwich Town as well. So, uh, some, oh, fantastic! Somebody that played for both clubs there. So, I might uh, have to go. I might have to jump onto a, um, some sort of um, auction site and get a Rodney Jack signed shirt. I don't mean um, auction site. Rather. Yeah, auction site. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, yes, you can find me on Twitter at ffbritballer, um, and yeah, um, yeah. Not a lot coming out for me. I'm going on holiday this weekend, so um, there's not going to be a lot of me about, I'm afraid. Fantastic. Where are you off to? Uh, we're going to the south coast, so we're going down to the New Forest, um, Southampton, Bournemouth area. Uh, I used to go down there as a kid, so I'm super excited to take my kids down there. And um, yeah, it's going to be fun. Beautiful. Fantastic. And what about yourself, James? Where are you on Twitter? As always, at NFL Hype Train. Doop, doop. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I am unable to do Friday podcasting anymore because I play Crown Green Bowls in the summer. And obviously, due to COVID, it has been postponed massively. But we are now trying to cram it in a bit of a competition going towards the back end of the season. So that'd be fun to get out. I like to um, to have the Crown Green Bowls to, to counteract the, the love for the NFL. So we've got one horrendously aggressive, dangerous sport. And the other one, <laughs> apart from a few very choice British words... Uh, yes, it's uh, it's all very non-aggressive and very safe. To, <laughs> Has safe. anyone ever been suspended in Crown Green Bowls? <laughs> I very, very much doubt it. But uh, I mean, will, substance, um... substance abuse is too much Horlicks, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm going to surprise you here. I used to play County for Cambridgeshire for uh, Lawn Bowls. Okay. Oh. Ah, but... That'll be that'll be on the flat, won't it, Rob? It is the flat, yeah. It's slightly ah. different. Same same concept, but same slightly concept, different. But easy. Is uh... well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, we we're don't to... we don't have Crown Green down here, down south. It's a northern game, northern monkeys. <laughs> uh, yeah, we've we've got a big. We're playing on a on a slope, and uh, yeah, it's some some greens appear horrendous. So uh, yeah, another another common factor. I liked I like that, Rob. Wonderful. Let's get out of here. Go check the Full 10 Yards website. Keep your eyes peeled because we have got something dropping very soon that we are very proud of that we've been working on for quite some time now. Uh, please, please keep your eyes peeled for that because that is going to be big. That is going to be huge. Yeah. Ready in time for the season. So keep your eyes on the Twitter at F10Y Fantasy. I have been David Davenport. Thank you very much for listening. We will see you next week. been listening to the full 10 yards fantasy podcast you can find us on twitter at f10y fantasy and over on our website www.full10yards.com where we cater to all of your american football needs from nfl general fantasy football college football and even brit ball thanks for listening and remember folks keep those eyes peeled